Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to a special edition of High and Tight. Uh, Pete Pogwaga here. I'm joined by my colleague and columnist Jeff Jacobs. And we have two very special guests on this episode. First, we have longtime North Haven coach, legend, Coach Bob DeMeo. And we have first year, 21-year-old Ben. You got to pronounce your last name for me because I'm going to get it wrong. Dezonier. Ben Dezonier. New head coach of Killingly High. Jeff came up with this great idea after Ben was hired to get the longest tenured coach in Connecticut history here. Nine hundred. We got 900 career wins at this table. And coach, well, over 900 now. And coaches got all of them. We got none of them. Jeff, how did this idea co- uh, come about? Well, I've known Ben since, he, I guess he was like 12 or 13 years old. Yeah. My, my own son went to the uh, same elementary school in uh, Killingly. And Ben was a really, really good athlete at Killingly High School. And uh, and he had, comes from a great family in Killingly. Uh, his brother was an all-state uh, kicker slash quarterback for a team that uh, Killingly that won the state championship, plays other sports too. And uh, uh, and when I saw that Ben was – I heard that Ben was going to be named coach, and he was, I was just kind of astounded that a, a, a kid was – not kid, a young man was so mature enough to be to be uh, Kevin Marcuse, the, the uh, AD at Kelly is a really good guy, so he's not going to make stupid hires. And for Ben, who's uh, exceedingly mature for his age, uh, see him got named here. I said, "Boy, that's a that's a really cool story." And then I said, "You know, how about if we get him to chat with Bob, who's I? It's it's really wrong for me to say he's been around forever." But, boy, I'll tell you, one notch down from forever. <laughs> and he's won so many, so, many, so many games. I just thought just to bring, you know, like the, the two together to talk baseball and some views about baseball and about their lives or maybe some things that Bob could impart on Ben. I just thought it would be really cool. Well, you know, Coach, you, you were hired at a very young age as well, correct? I was hired at what? Uh, you, uh, you were hired at a very young age, right? Yeah, I, was, uh, I started out at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was. In fact, I was trying my <laughs> talent, you know, with the Baltimore Orioles farm team. And um, when I got back, I, I was married at the time, and uh, it was like two hundred and seventy-five dollars a month. Well, that's only when you played, and it was a little difficult to make ends meet. So, my high school coach, John Genenda, uh, phenomenal guy. Okay, I guess got a hold of me. Said, you know, Bob, uh, how about uh, you know you get your teaching certificate? You know, I got a job for you. You know, being an assistant coach with me for three sports, and uh, you know you can teach there. So it was a tough decision for me, but <laughs> when I when I look back at it, it was a smart one. Uh, how old were you when you were named? I was when I was named head coach. Head coach. 
Well, I had coached at North Haven. I think I was 24, 25. Yeah. This was at Notre Dame. I coached right. two years right. there, um, you know, with uh, getting kind of squared away. And then I moved to North Haven, coached the JV team for a year, and then, um, you know, was offered the varsity job and been there ever since. What year was that that you were named the varsity? Uh, the varsity coach was 1959. What was it like? What was the, what's the, what was the biggest differences between coaching high school baseball then than it is now? Uh, it's not really too much different for me. Uh, in other words, I, I developed a specific philosophy in terms of how I coach and what I do. And uh, since it's been fairly successful, I don't see much difference in changing it. And I think the kids have accepted that as well. It's a little harder now because all the, you know, the kids are doing Dominican Republic uh, ground balls and, uh, you know, everything is, you know, pick, pick the ball up with uh, one hand, take five steps and throw it away, you know, or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's a no-no <laughs> in our program. And yet it's being, t it's being tougher because you see it more often. So yeah, it's it's tougher, but the kids I find the kids are in, in, in our town I think are phenomenal. There have uh, been, um, you know, you were hired like you said, twenty four, twenty three. Yeah. You know, uh, Amity coach Al Capola was hired in his uh, mid twenties, I believe, as well. So this isn't that shocking to see, but the fact that you were twenty mm -hmm. uh, when you got hired, That's, Ben, yeah. was that yeah. was that just. When you applied, did they encourage you to apply, or is it something that you saw an opening and you're like, let me just throw my name in a hat, you know, and, and, and see, kind of see what comes out? Uh, I kind of established a relationship already with Kevin because I'm, I've been the JV basketball coach for the last two years, and then I did JV baseball this year. Um, and I've been doing, I've been coaching uh, 16U AAU for the last few years. And so it's just been like, it was opportunity. Our varsity coach decided to resign and left, and um, I don't know. I just decided to throw my throw my name in the ring a little bit there, and I, I was really happy when um, I was really happy when I when I uh, heard that um, Kevin called me that day uh, and told me that they were they were going to go with me. So that was that was a pretty pretty cool moment. Can you take us through the interview? Because like you know you hear from coaches all the time. Um, when they, you know, knew like a football coach or whatever, mm -hmm. like, you know, I came in, I had this binder of like a five-year plan. You know, when John Marinelli was at Granite, he always talked, he had a five-year plan. When Gaetan Rodriguez took over in That's Torrington after, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after everything, he's like, I went in, I, I had a five-year plan. I have everything marked out. You know, how was your interview process? Did you go in with anything, you know, well, anything was, that you specifically wanted to talk about? It was kind of like a mixture of my year, my at Killingly, we do uh, we have an exit interview with the AD, all the coaches. So it was like my exit interview was kind of my also at the same time <laughs> my interview for uh, possibly being the varsity coach, and everything kind of went really fast after the season ended. Uh, Kevin wanted to fill the position right away because uh, we had some fundraising things that we wanted to get accomplished this summer, and he wanted all the coaches to be in line, the spring coaches. So. Uh, when when I in during that interview I, I didn't really give him any five year plan per se as specific <laughs> but um, Kevin knows what I'm all about and uh, he knows 
my, my philosophy as far as just wanting the kids to play hard and playing together and just being disciplined and above all, like making sure that we play aggressively versus like passively, I think in baseball, especially offensively, you have to make things happen. And I, that was, was mentioned a little bit, but I mean, for the most part, it was just a talk for me and him as far as like, where, what, what am I looking for as far as like, um, where am I want to go? Because I'm, I'm still in school right now. Right. And so my, my, it's funny <laughs> to say that, but like I am, <laughs> but like, so he's asking about my career wise, what am I looking at? And, uh, I'm ideally trying to become a, a teacher. So that's, that's what I'm going to school for right now. And, uh, we had that conversation about potentially be working maybe even there or wherever. But, and, and I just told him, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to teach. I want to coach. I, I, I love coaching. It's for me when, when I was done playing, it was a tough time, but I realizing that coaching almost is more gratifying in my mind than, than it was even playing. So, so you talk about attacking offensively. Does that mean, you know, making things happen? Are, are you, are you as big a fan as the bunt as uh, coach DeMeo is over here? Cause uh, I, I, I've I, never I've, met a coach who, who, who loves the bunt more than so far, loves the so bunt far from what I've, what I've heard here. I mean, you know, the aggressive baseball, um, you know, basically getting people pushing the button or whatever uh, but you got to start with the pitching number one because we get behind that stuff to do mm-hmm. so I mean when I, when I start it's you know first of all uh, every kid on a team you know basically my role is if they don't even if they don't play I want them to get better to get to the next level so that's one of the you know the situations that I deal with and then next comes you can't play aggressive baseball and you know run and bunt and butcher boy and all the things that we do first and third all that situation if you're behind three or four runs so it's you know pitching defense you know unbelievable amount of time so we keep the game close and then you have the weapons you know, to go out there and, and put a, a, you know, a butcher boy hit and run with runners on first and second. And, you know, I watched the Little League, and I saw the teams that win. South Korea and Japan, they push that ball. They move. And that's the, you know, that's the philosophy that I, that I will never, you know, toss away, even mm-hmm. if they're tightening the seams up on the baseballs <laughs> or whatever. Uh, you know, that's, it works, so. I, I would keep that up. Yeah, I, I, I was doing a little bit of uh, research last night, actually. It was funny because um, I was reading an article that Jeff had written. I think it was either a year or two ago. And he said that uh, is the first commandment of uh, North Haven baseball is <laughs> thou shalt know how to bunt. <laughs> <laughs> also, to take, okay, to take. The take is one of as many games as the bunt. Mm-hmm. We learned to bat deep in the count. And like I was watching the, the little league, I love to, you know, to see what the managers are doing. And some of them take. And the ones that take and the ones that bunt put all kinds of pressure and are winning the games. They have the ability to do that. So, the, but the hard part of it, I'll tell you this, is you have to realize that nobody wants to take and they have to buy into that they have to see the win you know from 
being able to hit with one strike and sometimes taking that three and one pitch and you know batting with two strikes or whatever but that's a weapon that's a weapon you want to explore well i've always been a fan of the walk and, and like you said taking pictures because i believe that walks are just as sexy as hits oh absolutely they're just as sexy on base percentage get on base whether it's a single or a walk it's just as sexy it's not as sexy as the home run though the home run is very sexy i, I, I wanted oh. to ask i was going to ask about about handling kids but now we're down this path uh <laughs> goose gossage uh pete rose uh madden joe madden uh they were talking this past uh, week about how base major league baseball is they just don't like it right now. I mean, the balls are tight. Everybody's the home runs and strikeouts are at a just, at a record, insane pace, and the launch angles and all that sort of stuff. I wanted to ask you: you're, you're you get kids that play for you, and then they'll go out and play during the yeah, summer. So, yeah. has there, has there been a change at your level yet, uh, as far as what they're looking at, or how, yeah. where's that at? As far as you know, what you're talking about the lo- the launch angle yeah, and yeah. so on. I have a specific way of, of teaching hitting, very simple way or whatever, which is definitely launch angle has nothing, you know, in that situation because I find that with high school kids, you know, even the one-hand swing where they take it and they release. and So we go two hands on the bat all the way around so that bat is more level because most of the kids, I mean, we, I don't think we had three home runs. In, in the 26 games that we played and we have a fence then right. whatever and the the and no none of the visiting teams have, have hit you know many of them either um, so it's, it's a, a situation where if you don't if you teach that you got to realize that not these kids aren't major league players and what they're getting a lot of time is a 280 foot fly ball a 320-foot fly ball. Their grandmother may be applauding or whatever, saying, <laughs> oh, my son hit the ball. Uh, but it doesn't work out. So, you know, we go, you know, definitely a, a distinctive manner of hitting or whatever, but everybody has their own, you know. I, I know in the majors they just do the launch angle, and they go up there, and they and, and as, as far as I can see, they have scouts telling them what the pitcher's going to throw on an 0-2 pitch or a 2-2 pitch, and they just guess. And they look like they have egg on their face half the time because the ball, you know, the guessing curveball and the fastball goes right by them. So, um, you know, we just try to eliminate that. So it's a little bit different than what people teach in the AAU ball anyway. I just see it like, I mean, in major leagues, they're striking out a lot more, but they're hitting – I mean, I get they play longer seasons too, but they're hitting 50 home runs in a season. Sometimes a seven or eight hitter will have 35, 38 home runs. Yeah, but that's in a, high school. That it's not like that. It's no, it's a, not you, like you're that. Talking one or, the first one or two balls, home runs a season, maybe, <laughs> the, maybe. The you, ball's different. The you, ball's. Different. I'm not a proponent of launch angle because right. I know and, you, do, you work. You work in the summer with those. Yeah. Is, there, is there any? Are you running into it at all? Or yeah, the, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so not not to throw certain towns or areas, but I'm, I work. Um, for an AAU program in out of like the Norwich area, and so we have players from Waterford, Ledger, right. uh, East Lime, and uh, there Some there good are players, there right? are yeah, yeah, and there are but there are uh, batting places down there where they work with instructors and stuff, and uh, I'm sure uh, Artie Peluso at Waterford would tell you and uh, Scott Chasing at Ledger, and I mean you hear the, the word launch angle from these guys, and they everything's about 
about the ang- the launch angle of the swing, and it's yeah. just in my mind, if you're not hitting the ball hard, <laughs> I don't care where it where it goes. If you hit a ball as hard as you can, you hit right at somebody, or you hit a weak pop up right in the air. Sometimes these kids will be happier with oh, a weak yeah. pop up to left field than if they hit a rocket ground ball at the shortstop. It's both both ways you got out. Like <laughs> that didn't, that didn't well, change anything. I think it's working over at Waterford. It's, it's so. harder. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. It's and harder to 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 deal with the kids because they see so. I mean, even in golf, you know, they got the long ball contest, and guys got a you know golf golf club that's four feet long. <laughs> and um, same in same in baseball, they're all looking to you know hit a home run. And, you know. On a, I grew up that way. That, that was part of the, the teaching. I mean, we didn't have the machines, but you know, if you had you got five swings, somebody was throwing. You had to get out of there. You were swinging at pitches all over the place, mm-hmm. and uh, it just it 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 doesn't. And a lot of it is is in the little league too, you know, where the fathers pitch, and the father's six two. And the kid is this high, and you know they ask me, "How you know what can I do?" I say, "Get down on one knee, or sit in a chair, so the ball comes this way, so the kid doesn't have to swing, because once he starts that, it's tough to it's tough to break it." Mm. Yeah. Let me ask you, Ben. Uh, uh, I have a son; he's, he's twenty-one, and some of the kids that you played with in, in, uh, on baseball they come over to my house, and you know. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like a dad, make sure everything's disciplined. And now here you are at the same age as those guys, disciplining kids that are like, or you know, I don't know, mentoring them. They're just two and three years younger than you. Yeah. How do you approach that? And and were you asked about that by when you, before you're hired, or how, how how's that going to go with your what kind of mentoring and uh, discipline techniques do you plan to use? You can't treat any kid different than whether they're the number one guy versus the number 35 guy. Everyone you gotta treat the same way as far as your expectations from from the program. I can't specifically speak to what what I would do because every situation is different. I'm sure Bob has dealt with a million different situations. <laughs> He's rolling right? his eyes. You never, you never treat. You How never come treat. I'm getting to feel old. <laughs> you, you never treat the same each situation the same way. And see, I've worked under a lot of. I've worked under some coaches the last few years, and uh, Jimbo Crabtree, and uh, I played for Dave Austin and Scott Chasen, and I've seen how they handle things, and I've seen. I've seen things that they do that I like. I've seen things that they do that I don't. But that's the nature of everything. Like, nobody does everything the same way. Not everyone's going to like every decision that I make. But you just have to understand that when you're when something happens or, some, or, or a situation arises, you got to treat it the same way as you would for any kid on the team. And that's the, that's the best way I think I could probably So you're saying that. the technique you use to do that may be different, but... You set the rules. Correct. Yeah, they're for everybody. Right. Yeah, I've been doing that. You know, some of the so-called, you know, number four batters for me, the first mm-hmm. thing they, you know, me, bunt. Yeah, you bunt. <laughs> yeah, you bunt. <laughs> you play for North Haven, you better know how to bunt. Do you, do you find, Bob, that, oh, I mean, because of your stature and, you've, and you're, you've won so much, you've been so successful in your longevity and all those type of things, do you find that the kids are automatically more respectful of you or do you still have to, like, uh, I think you. I, I think, them. I think it's 
you know, get, getting to the point where it's a little harder, uh, but uh, f most of them have always been very respectful for me. So, uh, but there are, you know, there are obviously, you know, some individuals that, you know, don't feel that way, don't like the way to play this way, but it's been rare, really. I mean, and a lot of those kids will come back, you know, 10, 15 years after. You know that I discipline pretty severely and say thanks, Coach. You know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I noticed that a lot during um, the end of last year when you guys were making the you got you know making the run in the in the tournament, but it was also your run for nine hundred, which I know you love to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> but every game, you know, because it took a couple to get there. There were a the couple of the rainouts. You guys, you you lost the game in the middle, but every game there just seemed to be more and more former players showing up, lining yeah. the first baseline at North Haven, uh, you know, talking to you before the game, after every game. You know, how how special was that? You know, when you look back again, this is, you know, you got Ben over here who who's had some former players in AAU, you know, but I think it's different a little bit in the high school level. And, you know, you have those guys come back, whether it was from 30 years ago. You know, Jeff talked to, like, a, I think you talked to a player from every different yeah. milestone win, and everybody was just so excited for you to have that kind of impact. I mean, does that, where does that rank compared to, like, winning state championships? It makes up for not earning, you know, like, $2 million <laughs> as if, you know. It, 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 I can't explain it. It's... it's Something great. Yeah, I mean that was a pretty incredible run. Even your current players at the time, you know, who were only there for a cup for, you know, maybe thirty of those wins. You know, I was getting text messages and 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 Twitter DMs every time they changed the cups in the outfield. They were like eight ninety five, eight ninety six. You know, so they seemed really into that. You know, Ben, to to that point, I mean, how important is it for you? To, to build those relationships with the players to the fact where they want to come back. They want to help someone like you who is doing the exact thing. I mean, absolutely. That's You, you want to have a good relationship you, you with every player that you have so that when they leave, they felt that it was a positive experience and they have good, fond memories of when they played. And this every that it's a positive thing. So even if, if a negative situation arises, like Bob yeah. said, they realized down the road that at the end of the day it was a positive yeah. outcome, you know, and I, I think that 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 can be be very very important. And just having it's nice to see and hear that you've got a lot of alumni and stuff that are involved with the program still too. That's that's something that I, as a goal of mine over the next few years to try to do. Yeah. So that sounds yeah. that that's, oh, that's, that's really that's, cool. that's a big that'll be a big thing for you. Yeah. I mean, it's like when we play. You know, in a tournament, and it's night games at Palmer or wherever. They'll always put us under the lights because our kids are coming back yeah. and filling the stands or whatever. Yeah, and, uh, it was impressive to see as well, to hearing from the coaches uh, during that run. I mean, you know, Sal Capola, who's won so many state championships, one of the most successful coaches in the state, and he's like, I mean, we don't want to lose. He goes, but... If he's gonna get 900 against anybody, you know, I'm pretty. I'm. He was like, I'm. I'm okay. It happened against us, you know. Right. Just to have that respect from the other coaches, I think, is so valuable as well. Absolutely. But what's the key to longevity in this? <laughs> to have a fantastic wife. <laughs> I mean, she is. We're married 43 years. I don't know if she's missed it, many games at all. She understands. She used to teach. We were both teachers at, in high school. And um, that that's really, I mean, 
I gripe and groan or whatever. I don't think I can make it. You know, she told me to suck it up and you know <laughs> get out there or whatever. So that that's a that's a <laughs> for me that was really big. And you know, the other part of it is. I feel I, I'm still a competitor, and uh, it, there's there's nothing greater than to start with a group of kids and see them develop into a team and come back. Right, Ben. I know your family is a big part of this. Now, is your first game going to be at home or away? <clears throat> Do uh, I don't. Do I don't know yet. Well, I know the opponent. I don't know. But, who it but is. I mean, like when you play at home, you're going to play. You're going to coach at a park that's got your name on it. Yeah, correct. Could you tell folks about that? That It's pretty – he's going to play at the Ben Dizonier Field and coach his first game there. Yeah, so unlike Bob over here, Bob's got his field named after him. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is not specifically named after me, although You it is. do well that they'll forget about him. <laughs> named after my, my namesake. My, uh, my dad's brother, Ben, was a uh, baseball player at uh, Killingly High School, and he was a catcher. And uh, he was going to go play baseball at Holy Cross. And his senior year, uh, on the night of, I believe, his homecoming, uh, he got into a car accident and passed away. Oh, boy. And uh, the field the, the field at Owen Bell Park in Killingly, where Killingly High School has played for a very long time, uh, is named after him. So it, up on the above home plate, like a press box thing behind home plate, and it says, uh, in the, and on the scoreboard, and it says, Ben is on your field right across the top. So that's that's kind of cool. I was yeah, kind of, able to play on that field, yeah. you know, with that up there, and now coach on that field. It's it's pretty special. It's special, to, very special to me, very special to my family. It's it's cool. That's great. Yeah. But Bob doesn't just have a field name though. Isn't the whole complex named after you? Isn't it the Bob uh, DeMeo Sports Complex? No, not to brag. It's just the Bob DeMeo Baseball Field. I thought it was the whole complex. I don't know. No. It's been a it's been a long couple of years, but what has been I guess the biggest change? Obviously, you know, you said your first year was nineteen fifty nine, and it's two thousand and nineteen now. Um, what has I guess been the biggest change? Obviously, the game itself has changed in terms of the bats and the the way that pitchers throw and the strength. But what has been I guess the biggest difference? Do you remember from day one to now? Uh, well, day one. I mean, I. I Go back to, you know, Ben here. He's not too far in age. I wasn't too far in age either. And um, I was not close to the kids. I mean, my philosophy was, and that's all the coaches pretty much, when I started, it was, you know, okay, maybe I'm 22 years old, but I'm coach. You know, you're not calling me Bob or whatever. There was, you know, up to a point. And yet, back then... Um, there were no rules about coaching kids in the off season. So when I first started, what I did was I got the, the kids who were coming back and we had we, I, we put them in the Wallingford Twilight League. I played with them, uh, a JV coach. We had like two older guys, older, you know, four years older or whatever. <laughs> and... That was that was an unbelievable situation for me um, because I was able to get all the nuances of you know what you do and how you do it and so on and work right with them um, and and it's a shame that you know we don't that the high school coaches can't 
at least do something in the off season. Yeah. And because we're letting everyone else do it that necessarily, you know, isn't what you're trying to teach. So yeah, I, mean, I don't that's know if a, that answers your question. Yeah. Well, that, not, is a, that is a big debate right now huge. in the state, whether or not coaches, and I think we might see something within the next couple of years regarding that, whether coaches will be able to coach teams in the offseason. Um, but that must have been fun to play with them. Like, you oh, can't was, make a mistake then. Like, you know, you can't run through a sign. You know, you can't, you know swing at a 3-1 pitch because if you're doing it then they're definitely going to do it right yeah oh no <laughs> no it was i mean they 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 had to play what a lot of people call bobby ball the and, fighting demands uh, you know it was uh, but you could teach them you know things about where to throw the ball i mean you're working with them or little things like one of the things that i used to do if i if i was on first base and whatever and there was a pass ball i would take a big turn if they threw behind me you know i just go to third base and they would see things like that and you know now it's hard it's hard to you know spend a whole bunch of time on that whereas in the summertime you know it was it would just come naturally it just and what what do you think as a as a coach you feel most comfortable with strategy wise or whatever wise and what do you most want to master uh, going forward. What do you I mean, mean, I mean, just as a as a as a coach, where do you think you most need to work on things as far as improving yourself as a coach? Uh, everything. everything. <laughs> that's that's think, the right answer. That's the right answer. <laughs> I don't think, I'm, I don't think I'm, a ma- I'm a master of nothing right now. I feel comfortable saying that. So uh, it you get. I, Got to get better at a lot of things, I think. But um, learning on the go for some things, obviously, this is my being my first head coaching gig, but uh, high school at least. Um, but I think I, I think I at this point, like Bob said, when he was young and he was about my age, and he started coaching, and you re- relate to the kids really well because you're you're not that much older than them, and you were just in their shoes. But I, you, but you have to, you know. It has Draw to be a separation. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Are and, they going to call you coach? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a thing that just from just being raised that way, like there's always should be something when you're talking to a, a superior, whether it's you're talking to a coach, it's coach something, or when you're talking to another, it's Mister yeah. something or Mrs. or Ma'am. Or, yeah. It's just how it's how it, that's how I believe it should be. So that's how that's how it will be <laughs> at killing them. I'm telling you that, but um, but I I think so. That part of it is. Um, I have in my favor, uh, but there's so much that you have to that there's so much to learn as far as philosophies and being able to teach the game. I, I'm a big believer in like you, your coach has to be able to teach you how to play. Like you can't just manage the team; you have yeah. to teach them the game, like teach them how to play. And I think that uh, there's a lot of at the youth level that they that they don't learn that. Um, at the high school level, you really have to you teach them. You yeah, have to, you, you have, have to, to get them to that next level as far as your next level of thinking. Your assistants um, have to, you know, flow into what you're trying to do. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. that's in, in the process of that right now. Putting together a staff, I have a few guys that I've, are going to I've committed that are going to be in, and then we'll we'll go from yeah. there. But yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You have to have a, a single vision. You know, Ben. Um, yeah, obviously you come from the ECC. I don't know how much you, you, you know about North Haven baseball or at least kind of the legacy. But, you know, when teams talk about North Haven, when, like us reporters talk about North Haven, we always talk about they don't quit. 
Um, you know, they always put the ball in play. They force you to, you know, make the player make a mistake. You know, we jokingly call them like the fighting DeMeos on, on Twitter. Was it two years ago you guys were down to the last out, down three in the SECs, or I think it was the States, and you guys had a walk-off grand slam. Like, they never go away. And that's kind of what, you, when you think of North Haven baseball, you think of that. You think of the never quitting in North Haven baseball. They're never out of the game. What do you want a Ben team to you know for people to say what do you want people around the state to say about the killing the baseball team once you've you know taken over in the season be you know you have your first season couple seasons under your belt i think it's cliche because i think everybody would want these kind of attributes but i really do think about that a lot about how like the first first week week and a half of of our first practices like what do i really want to impose on what i'm looking for and in, in my mind i want i want the grittiest guy, the team first guy, the guy who will do anything that you ask for him, like to win the game. It, it, the team above, above the rest, the team above yourself. Like that's the kind of guy that I'm looking for. A gritty, gritty, hard nosed guy like that with the team putting the team first for everything. That, that I mean, that's probably what everybody wants. But really, that's that's what that's what I want to impose. That's my ideal Killingly baseball player. That's what I'm looking You're for. You're right on. Right people uh, like to uh, I've learned since I've joined Hearst people like to poke at the ECC in various sports no but, not but us ECC baseball's got an awful lot to be proud the, the, we're you, talking if some, you follow me on Twitter I am an ECC uh, crusader too. <laughs> I, I, I no ECC slander in, in, in our side of the state great no I gotta way. follow but you and DeMeo tomorrow now shout out Mike tomorrow yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my uh, spirit child but uh, but I mean base, ECC baseball has produced no shortage of major leaguers there's a lot of good ball out there our end of the state absolutely i believe there's a stat um there was a i was going back and forth with somebody in the in the spring who um was again not putting ecc baseball down as far as like saying that other conferences were a lot stronger and i believe baseball is the ecc's bell cow and i I think a lot of people would agree with that that that's their best sport right and we've had I believe it was 23 state finalists in the last 18 years, which for a a conference that is so diverse in terms of sizes, you don't have a bunch in the same. Right. Like we, it's so split up between double L, L, M, and S that I, I believe that's a pretty impressive number, and I think that just shows this, that there's not only success in terms of putting people that get drafted that play in the major leagues. I mean, we've had a player, the ECC's had a player drafted like four out of the last six years. And we've had plenty of uh, state finalists and state championship teams and uh, contenders and teams that are ranked in the, in the polls. And I think that especially in baseball, especially in baseball, the ECC does not, does not always get its due around the state. And maybe that's, that's it's uh, just based on other sports and other successes. That's just in, in the fact that it's Eastern Connecticut and it's um, not as populated. But I, I think that uh, people don't truly appreciate sometimes how, like you said, how good the teams are and how good some of the players well, are. I, I took a trip up there two years ago, and I had been up there before. But when I finally, when I got back to game time, I started to make my way around the state. Every week, I was going to a different conference, mm-hmm. and I ran into uh, Waterford. Fitch mm-hmm. and uh, had the pleasure of watching Mike Burroughs pitch and yeah. 
I don't think I've seen a high school pitcher as good as him. I mean, he's speaking it for himself right now. He's playing, and uh, he jumped like two classes. He's in high A or wherever he is right now, and he's just absolutely dominating. When Mike Burrows was a junior, he played killingly at Owen Bell. I watched the game from the outfield. Um, He went 21 up, 21 down, perfect game. (laughs) But he struck out 22 batters because there was a drop third strike where the kid got the first base. It was amazing. He struck out every single batter yeah, the whole game. He, nice, was, humble kid, too. But in the ECC, like you said up there, I mean, you got Montvilles and the Fitches mm-hmm. and the Plainfields and, you know, obviously the Killingleys and the Waterfords. And NFA, even, yeah. Yeah, but you even look at a school like NFA, who's the bigger one and yeah. causes... Not they don't cause most of the problems in the ECC, but they are the center of the attention of most of the problems yeah. in the ECC, mostly regarding football. And they're not, you know, they're getting beaten by these M and, and S schools, which it's not a knock on them. It just shows how talented the league is from A to B, or top to bottom, A to B. And don't get me wrong, I think there are there are some um, there are some years where some schools have weaker teams in certain sports, but I think that that's pretty. That's pretty uh, common throughout the state. Not everyone's going to be good at every sport every yeah. year, but I think the top. I would put the top end of the of the ECC, the middle of the top end of the ECC, up against most conferences, if not all conferences, especially in baseball. Especially in baseball. Well, baseball. I mean, so much fun. You know, I'm sure, I, coach. I, I don't think you want to play some of the teams in the SEC. Well, that, that's Here we go. Here we go. I put I put Waterford up against any of those guys. I'll so. tell you. Guys, you have any open days this year? Yes. Let's <laughs> go. That. That. Let's go. I think we need that. I think we need North Haven coming this year. Uh, but I will tell you this: Waterford next year lost two guys from the yeah. L State Championship yeah. team, and but Coach Mal brings up a good point in terms of the SEC, and I'm going to pull it up on my little Twitter here because I tweeted about it after they won. The Waterford out-of-conference schedule that they played, where did it go? They played, no, I lost it. Wait, hold on, I found it. They played um, Hand, Amity, East Haven, Cromwell, and Holy Cross where they're out-of-conference games, and they lost all of them. Waterford did? Yep. Ooh. And then they were battle-tested to win, so shout-out as point, yeah. point, point for the SEC, right? What's that? Point for the SEC because they yeah. beat Waterford. I, I, <laughs> anybody want to take my schedule? They can take. <laughs> that is, I I would not want to play. Bob, um, let, me, let, let me ask I you: what, what kind of advice would you give Ben coming in? You mean in ben. what general? Or yeah, whatever? general advice for for him to as he's coming in. Uh, well, you know, I, I give you some advice from how I um, basically handle the kids. I mean, I, I taught psych- psychology for close to 40 years, or uh, 30 years, rather. And um, I would use some of the, the techniques in how to reward, you know, how to reinforce behavior, uh, situations, you know, like uh, if somebody did something well, it would be, you know, nice job or whatever. Never blow smoke up the, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, talk to them straight. Make sure they come to you and give them a straight answer. And, uh, you know, reinforce the behavior. Do a little behavioral psychology, you know, where you use positive reinforcement as much as you can. But whatever you do, make sure that you're consistent with your behavior, you know, how you treat the behavior. I think that's big. Yeah. So that would be one of the things. Anyway, you, you, you taught psychology in high school. Yes, I, I got a cool. I was a psych that, major actually. at Fordham, so um, yeah. you know when it when 
in the 1970s when it became popular to put, you know, the, the certain courses in, I drew up a psych course and it's, you know, a senior psych course that I taught for a lot of time. So a fun nugget for people that are listening, but... What's that? Um, a, fun, a fun nugget for the people that are listening, but... So last night I was doing a little bit, a little bit of research and I was reading some articles on you and uh, from your 700th win from the 2003 state championship, someone in the Hartford Current wrote an article and in that article they had said that you had retired from teaching full time five years earlier. Okay, so that was in the 1970s? No, 19, so 1998. Oh, 19, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So that would have been June of 1998 would have been right your last your last year of full-time teaching right I believe so yeah well, I wasn't born yet you weren't born then. <laughs> I was born in July of 98 <laughs> you're making me that's, feel old. no that's why we I brought him down here for that you're <laughs> making me feel old that's I tremendous. mean it's just that's absolutely insane and just I think just speaks the volumes of how how long you have been coaching for and how incredible that that it really is i mean it's just you know ben i don't want to speak for you but i'm sure you would love to have like half the career right <laughs> but I, honestly i we, i was talking with uh jeff on the way up here it's it's been fun because last like five years like following following a lot of people writing stories about you getting chasing 900 and chasing 850 and when it was getting close there it's like and i i was reading those articles and i was like so amazed and i it was. It was really. I was really excited to get to meet you today. I'm really happy that we got to get this to happen because I, I've, I've really enjoyed following, following you and following oh, the, your career the last few years. It's been fun, and I, I commend you for doing this as long as you do. And I, I think that it's really, really awesome. Even though you, you know, you're making me feel old. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah. uh, you know, just thank, thank you, you both of you guys. That. You know, thank you guys so much for for coming in here, and you know, maybe we'll be here in a, in a couple of years. You'll be going for uh, eighteen hundred wins. He'll be going for nine hundred. We can we can do this again. And I might be some ashes. Out there, <laughs> there, but uh, I think we need a Killingly North Haven matchup in the future. Maybe you know, get let him get a couple of uh, wins under his belt, and then yeah. you go after him. I just wanted to mention, yeah. you know, one other thing because you asked me the question about why, you know, who who's responsible or whatever. I've had tremendous assistant coaches over the years. You know, guys that, that were with me and went off on their own and became baseball coaches and so on. So that is really key. You know, get guys that are, are really loyal to the program and who are, you know, killingly buffs, mm -hmm. okay? And I've, I've had that situation, okay? Mm -hmm. The other thing is make sure that you are good with the counting pitches and all the stuff because the biggest part of your job is going to be counting pitches and trying to figure out who's going to pitch on one day or another right that is an absolute if i if anything would cause me to retire it would be all the work that has to be done on the internet and the meetings and the uh, you know the pitch counts and all the stuff that they're coming up with is mm -hmm. just 
takes away from what you really should be doing with the kids. Right. right. Uh, I, I'll be honest. I, I love covering. I love that I don't have to do books anymore at games because I, I just do video. Because I, I, as much as I loved covering you guys when I had to do a book and you bring in a pitcher and then so I'd have to mark it and you bring it, but then you bring him back in. You put him at first base for a couple of hours and you bring him back in and then I got to move him. And I never write in pencil, so my book was just always a mess after any North Haven game. And I know that there are so many reporters who can speak to that as well, but. Guys, again, thank you so much. We we can't getting all this experience in here. And Ben, you know, good luck. I you got. It's very awesome to see someone at your age taking this on. And I know Jeff will be watching, but I know for sure covering baseball. I know I will. And Bob, I'm gonna see you a lot this spring again. So we're gonna have a great time. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks.